everybody, welcome to the 15th, wait, what? 15th episode of the BAM Creative Show. 15th's pretty good. Yeah, it is actually pretty good. I feel some kind of birthday, possibly some custom cupcakes, which we ate many episodes ago. Mm. Um, but did you guys know that the day that this episode drops, it's Halloween on no this way. day? Yeah. It'll Tuesday. be Halloween. And <laughs> what? I didn't, yeah. I counted yeah you did but I, I I just want to like talk about the top 10 costumes because I like this I, I don't know why I'm just obsessed with this okay Wonder Woman Harley Quinn clown not yeah. even it it's a clown unicorn which I would think would be like a pretty like it's an easy one what a high investment. is it scary is, well, yeah, nah. is it scary? It's just like a horn on the head. <laughs> maybe, this, <laughs> maybe it is scary. White underwear. Guys, can you please explain the next one, Chains, which is a rabbit. rabbit. All right, this White comes back rabbit. to a furry thing. Was it rabbit, Probably like I remember on oh, no, Entourage, rabbit. was it? Rabbit. Witch, which you said was some kind of movie. The Witch. What's The Witch? I haven't seen it, but I believe uh, it's scary. Okay, is it a kid's movie? I don't think it's... It's R-rated. No, I don't think it's based oh, on a movie, though, is it? Oh, I'm so going to watch that. Okay, Mouse... I don't understand a mouse. I don't. What's happening? Is it like some kind of cultural? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes. It goes with the rabbit. They get, people get dressed up and have a good time. Oh, okay. No. Um, a pirate and a zombie, which I'm like, zombie a zombie is like a pretty like it's safe. Like I get it. You could do like Walking variations. Dead time, right? Yeah. Every year. Yeah. You right. could do a variation. You could be a sexy zombie. You could be a, a zombie nurse. You could be a zombie. You could be a zombie anything. Okay. You could just be like. Like a nun and be a zombie. Like I was a zombie nun one year. That was pretty good because I didn't know what to dress up as, and then I was just like, "I'll be a nun," and then I was like, "That's not scary." You got dinosaur, yeah. Your dinosaur is last. Hmm. Uh, uh, that would be top of my list. But like, what kind of dinosaur? Like the one off the Robinsons. Oh, what well, I don't know. You know that movie oh. where the kid goes back and oh, he goes into the future and he meets his family. Yeah. And then you've got the T Rex that comes that's brought as well by the villain mm-hmm. and then the T-Rex is the villain's growling the T-Rex and the T-Rex is like <laughs> and the subtitles are like I'm trying to grab him but my hands are too small and my yeah and my head is too big so cool. do you remember that one? no I'd like to see that yeah you gotta see but, it but yeah it was just because this article was saying that yeah Google created a tool the Fright Geist which is like the top 100 um, Halloween costumes so if you're having trouble trying to figure out what to dress up as Tonight, click it. Which would be yeah, go. I think it's yeah, Frightgeist. Okay, click it. I, I really, okay. really like that wavy text. I think it's so cool. This font is awesome. I don't know what's happening. Oh my god. Okay, I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep going. Princess was number eleven. Mona. I don't know Mo- what this Moana. is. Moana. Moana. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Ninja superhero. Mona. It is number sixteen, which I feel like could be combined with number two. I don't really understand. I mean, number three as a clown. Mm-hmm. Batman monster vampire doll doll. I don't see any like sexy nurse in here. This could be cute. This is, I don't think this is. Weird. I think it's a good idea, and <laughs> I want to put a link to this in the show notes because it's actually pretty cool, and I really love the font, and I love this whole idea, and I think it's just, I think it's just really cool, and it's a really cool. What's the costume map? Maybe it actually shows you like where to go and buy costumes in the oh. United States. Yeah. Google. You I think too much time cool. on your hands. You know what though, like. No, it's the search frequency. Oh, search frequency. What's the costume wizard? I don't know. 
Guys, if you don't know, I'll just show you if you can see that. I don't know what it's like. You can also see what favourite. Can you read out the URL for our listeners? So it's frightgeist.withgoogle.com. But as I said, I'm going to tweet this and I'm going to put it in our show notes because it's pretty mm. awesome and I don't know what's happening. But <laughs> you can do spookiness level. Um, style, classic or modern? So, like, I guess, I don't know, really know. Would a unicorn be classic or modern? Trend meter. Classic. So, if you don't want to be trendy, oh, you could be nationally trendy or locally trendy. And the unique uniqueness level. This is pretty cool. I want to, what are you going to, I want to be very spooky. What's the spookiest thing you've ever dressed up as, Josh? Mm. And Rich. One of the gang members from The Purge with the full-on paint. Face paint, yeah. Did you say anything at the party at all or no, were you just silent? Yeah, I was going to say. I don't think I've ever dressed up as anything particularly scary, but I did dress up as Gordon Freeman once because I looked just like him. Please explain. No, don't worry about it. What is this? Google oh, I'm busy I'll put right a link now. I'll <laughs> <Gordon laughs> link in the show notes. i in the show notes. I dressed up as... Uh, yeah, it wasn't a zombie nun. It was actually a nun. And... It, my makeup veered on Marilyn Manson mm. around the Antichrist superstar period. If you guys don't know what that is, just Google it. Um, but I didn't actually realize there was a spin-off of The Conjuring or whatever. that uh, It was like the second or like a prequel of The Conjuring and there was a scary nun character. And people were saying that I was this nun character and I was offended because I'm pretty sure that nun character was also based on Marilyn Manson. Have you seen that movie? I haven't seen it. Not a Berlin movie? Like, I've seen... That scene is scary. Which one? It's kind of like... No spoilers here. Kind of like the painting in It, It, which I thought was the scariest bit of it as well. That was pretty scary. So, the nun is scary. Nuns are pretty scary. (laughs) It's the... Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Anyway. Anyway, Happy Halloween, everybody. I love Halloween. It's my favourite non-holiday because first of all I don't have to buy any gifts second of all I can eat really bad food and watch horror movies and no one questions me and it's great and sometimes you get to dress up don't you get candy from the shops for the kids that come around and I eat it all yeah oh that's gosh. how it usually that's happens that's good but yeah yeah that's inspiring that's good <laughs> so anyway today what we're actually talking about is we're going to be talking about um creating content for the bias cycle so basically I don't know I'm going to lead to you of course, because, because that was a that's fantastic how we always have. But basically, I was amazing. But basically, we have talked a lot about content awesome. marketing awesome. in the past and um, defining your target audience, actually creating content <coughs> for your target audience as well. And um, we get a lot of, I suppose, we've done quite a lot of strategies. We do get a lot of questions about the type of content you know people should be creating, and um, we find that you know it's always a really good starting point to define your target audience, and then actually from there figure out. Um, the different areas of the bias cycle and what kind of content you can create for them. So we're going to talk about that. So now I'm going to throw you back. Did that set you up better? Like, yeah, it was a little bit good. Go. Not, not as can you explain to me mm-hmm. and to our viewers and listeners and, and Rich yeah. the bias cycle and the importance of it for content marketing specifically? Sure. By referring to my assistant, the big TV on Which my none of you can see. left-hand side. Um, the one of the more common ones is the the five step approach of awareness, consideration, purchase, retention, and advocacy. So, if you go through that entire process, it should map identically to your customer or client's experience when they 
interact with you and they go through the process of buying either your service or your product. So it could be expanded to say, if I was buying a car or looking at buying a car, even before I know that I want to buy a car and that's going to be my absolute Mm. end point, where do I start? So it might be, you know, I have a problem, which would be something like, I, we only have one car and I need a car to get to work. And then how many iterations or steps do I go through before I actually end up deciding on the car that I want and buying the car that I want? Yeah. Uh, It's actually, it's interesting that you mentioned cars as well, because Google did a case study. um, And I remember presenting at a Google event last year and we went through the case study, but there were upwards of, I think 400 impressions to help a woman with children go through the buying cycle um, from awareness right through to, uh, I think we stopped at the purchase, Mm -hmm. but there were so many instances of that individual receiving marketing messages both online and offline. Um, Yeah, and it could be any number of ways. So Mm -hmm. billboard advertising, TVCs, radio ads, um, online would be, you know, AdWords campaigns, Facebook messaging, like anything. Um, So yeah, it was was quite intensive when, when you went through the case study, you thought, that's so many times that somebody's being mm-hmm. reminded about this particular vehicle or, or that, mm. that one. But it was interesting to see how it, how it mapped out and how Google had, had, had tracked that. So I'll look for the link and then yeah. we'll include that in the podcast as well. It's interesting because, um, so I recently, I bought a smartwatch for my husband. Um, but the amount of content that I actually consumed before I bought the watch, it was about a month. I spent an entire month researching And the different types of content I actually consumed ranged from YouTube videos, countless, countless YouTube videos of unboxing, reviews. There were even videos of like three months later. So people had a watch and they were like how it went three months later. Um, Even comments. I was reading people's comments. Um, I even went through Instagram hashtags through Instagram. I went through tweets. I went um, hashtags and like I fully research this and even and then a lot of my activity went offline Mm. so like sneaky measuring of like watches that my husband already owned and then like going back online checking out measurement information tech specs like all these types of bits of content actually do eventually lead or help can help lead to a sale um and then obviously the step after that would be like the yeah retention Mm. and advocacy but i suppose because a lot of people are so heavily focused on the sale Mm. um i think a lot of people don't actually understand that the sorry the retention and the advocacy can actually keep help help to keep repeating sales which is when we get into i suppose branding and things like that there's a cliche out there as well that um you know businesses are so focused on the sale because that's where they see the return on investment like in practical terms that mm. they they're not yet at a stage where they realize the importance of the consideration as well but i yeah. mean it's become very clear that um you're not alone in the fact that you're doing a lot of research before you're even at mm-hmm. let's say a shop or a website with a store mm. you're you're well informed so yeah. you need to find ways to uh differentiate yourself amongst the 399 other touch points that Definitely. the customer has received up to that point. Yeah. I think people take for granted the fact that, you know, people are inundated with information and with choice now and to just simply have content that's only about your product and nothing about, say, the storytelling aspect of your business, who you are, why you started, your, you know, kind of your mission and your values and things like that and additional pieces of content that support mm. that. I mean, it's kind of a, it's a huge miss, it's a missed opportunity to be able to, yeah, 
express that in different um, types of content as well. So, yeah, especially different mediums like YouTube. I mean, this yeah. is when, like, social media marketing comes into it as well. It's, like, how I consume my content. Mm. Um, it might be different from how I consume it in my day-to-day. Like, I'm just a, you know, I'm an Instagram user, but, like, if I'm looking for a particular product or something like that, I'll just consume all and every type of content to be able to help me make a more informed decision. At least I feel would be more informed. Yeah. So I guess, like, I want to start with... I'll open, open question. Sure. Open question, which is, I like to think that, you know, creating this kind of, um, a start point for the content would be actually defining my target audience and creating a persona Mm, mm -hmm. for this target audience. So I can help to then define that, you know, their problems and content later on. Is that kind of how... You guys would yeah. I would I would probably suggest basing <coughs> it on on actual research as well, so that you're yep. not just speculating, because you're mm-hmm. going to want to map out their entire buy cycle. And the best way to do that is to find a recent or a, a sample of recent um, you know purchases. Mm. Get some feedback off them. Mm. So like more pop like popular products kind of thing. Yeah. I mean no, I mean it, whatever you're selling. Yeah. Okay. So it's going to be different for everyone. Mm-hmm. But speculation um, is is. You know, it can lead to you uh, assuming too many things about yeah. your actual target audience. So the mm-hmm. best way to do it is to actually ask them a series of questions. You can put a form on your website. Um, like, once they've purchased, thank you, would you mind filling out this, this five-minute survey? That mm-hmm. sort of thing. Or if it's a storefront, you know, it can be, it can be you know, the same sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. The good guys do that currently. So if you buy a uh, whiteware appliance from them, you know, maybe a couple of days afterwards, they'll send you an email saying, hey, would you like a $25 gift voucher or... Um, you know, maybe a certain percentage off in store when you purchase X amount sure. um, in exchange for completing the survey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Majority of people will do it because they think, cool, it's not too hard. Yeah. Go through it. They'll realize there are about 47 questions, mm-hmm. <laughs> all of them ranging from which store did you go to? Why did you choose the store? Um, how did you like the layout of the other departments in the store? Which department were you also visiting when you went to, um, went to this location? Mm-hmm. Um, would you come back? If so, why? So there's any number of questions mm. there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's it's definitely smart. Like um, I'd do the same thing. I'd go to an existing client mm. or customer and just say, "Hey, I'd love to get your feedback. Can you answer these questions?" Yeah. And they should help to build up the persona a lot clearly. Yeah, and mm. you want a larger, a reasonably large sample size as well because everyone's different. Yeah, yeah. 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 You see that on websites where um, you know that instead of a paywall. Um, or instead of being bombarded with advertising, if you want to see more of the article, then there's a Google uh, survey that you have to complete, and it will be it will be obviously talking about a specific range of brands as well. So it might not work locally, um, but it is something that you know you don't. Uh, it's an option. Yeah. Mm, yeah, it's hard to kind of like ask people to do a survey if they feel like it's not they're not going to get any value mm. out of it. Sure. Like for me, it's like I need like a discount coupon mm. or like a you know I like my discount What's coupons. <laughs> so yeah, guess, exactly right. So I guess the um, the same could be said for the, the the later steps that are sometimes forgotten: the retention, the advocacy. Um, what's mm. important to note about this five step um, process is it becomes a feedback loop as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, Thank you. word of mouth, um, these sorts of things, or, or comments, uh, testimonials. You know, they all start from people who had a good experience, and then they come back to inform the people that haven't yet touched you know base with your brand. So. Um, What's what's the next step there? Once um, someone has made a purchase, uh, how how do you get testimonials out of out of them? 
Mm, I feel like if you've kind of, like I wanted to sort of think about the way I do things, but I feel like if you've provided a service of value mm. where they they feel like they've gotten more value than either they anticipated or they felt like they were ever going to get. Mm. Like maybe the sales rep was a really nice guy and he threw in some free, I don't know, like... Email signatures? Uh, no, but if it's, say, if I bought a car <laughs> and he, he threw in, like, free maintenance for a year. I don't know, whatever. Mm. I don't really do cars. Anyway. Um, but maybe something like that. Mm. Like, I would... Yeah, I, f- I think that I would be more inclined to leave a testimonial or word of mouth. Definitely. If someone went above and beyond, then, yeah. That happens. I mean, I, yeah, I've had good experiences and bad experiences um, with, you know, one or two companies in the same field, and, and it doesn't take much for me to recommend one over the other and mm. be quite, um, quite vocal about that too. Like, mm. I will volunteer information that I probably wouldn't have bothered if there's, you know, someone who's, who's gone above and beyond to provide good service. Yeah, quick question. Mm. When I buy something online, mm. sometimes after I buy something, I'll get like a $20 voucher because I've spent, you know, yeah. X amount of dollars. $20 voucher to use on your next purchase. Mm. Awesome because mm. I'm like, I'm going to use that. But also not awesome because I'm like, I wish that I got $20 off my current purchase. So, mm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's enough for me to like want to keep in, being in that cycle of like buying stuff. Yeah, well, they want they want to get you know all, all your money at that point, but then they're thinking about the next sale as well, and they're happy yeah. to take a loss there because that sale might not happen. So mm. they're still you know just to keep the momentum going, they're still yeah. you know on average making more money. Than and if we, yeah, and if we're talking about lifetime value as well, yeah, then that's part of the that's the reason for doing that. I think oh, whatever totally. whatever the cost per acquisition is initially, yeah, like somebody will be aware of that. And I guess for the restaurant space, I heard a really great example of this where if say you're running a restaurant business in terms of getting multiple comebacks mm. um, or return visits, sorry, return mm. um, purchases. Um, the first instance of that was for the company to make, um, uh, sorry, the restaurant to make a, a huge amount of hoopla, mm-hmm. a lot of fanfare around the person being the first, um, you know, this being their first time, them sitting down, um, then maybe receiving, you know, a certain percentage off their first meal. Um, so they have the meal they have somebody come back again and say, hey, how was the meal? Yeah. Hope it was great. If you love this, then you're going to love our chicken. Here's a discount for the chicken next time you come around. So they mm. go away. Yeah. They come back because they've got the business card. Uh-huh. Um, and and I think it was on the Gary V episode. I, know, I was just like, are this. you Gary Ving me right no, now? No. You guys give me so much help for that. <laughs> um, and then, but what I found was really yeah. interesting is like, they came through initially and yeah. they, they got the discount first time. They went around and they came back again with the business card so they knew exactly that they were, that was the second time they visited. Mm. They took the discount on the chicken and then they, I think they might have come back. You love my chicken, you got to try my cheesecake. Is it the cheesecake? Free piece of cheesecake, yeah. Is it, it at the same time episode. or do you come back? So they the come third? back for yeah. the cheesecake. Mm. Yeah. And apparently the um, increase of retention, so it's like 40, they're more than likely to come back. So 40% more than likely to come back the first time, yeah. 40% the second time and then 70% on the third time. It's that was cool. a great episode. So there's a digital analogy for that, right? Which is the you know the email automation and segmentation, um, that side of things. So mm-hmm. staying in touch with people who have already um, yeah purchased something off you for to retain that lifetime value. Yeah, it's very important. So I want to get like all the way back because I've got like some notes from a little strategy that I did once upon a time that I can share with y'all. It's probably not. It's just my my thought process here. But I, I kind of like to cool. break it down. So if I'm presenting something to a client, mm. I like to break down the buyer cycle a little bit um, more or actually kind of group them a bit more because sometimes when I'm 
you know, overloading a client with all the content marketing that they have to do, it can be a little bit overwhelming. But when I begin to understand that, you know, your customer is in a different cycle, they're not just ready to purchase straight away. I mean, it's 2017, you got to kind of like lead people to you that I kind of break it into um, awareness, consideration and decision and repeat customers. So um, it's mainly because I want to be able to lead my client to understand the awareness stage specifically because that's really where you're helping to bring attention to your um, business and your products um, to a much more wider set of your target audience so someone who has identified that they have a problem or they you know want a solution for something um, and maybe that your product or service would be that solution or would solve that problem and so what is the type of content that you would actually create for those people in that mm. awareness stage um yeah you look like you're gonna say something no 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 i will continue my dot point so in awareness they've a real they've realized and expressed symptoms of a potential problem or opportunity and they've researched uh research focused on vendor neutral third party information around identifying problems or symptoms and that's a really big thing because a lot of people will um write content that's specific to their product or service without writing any kind of general content that really it's really about creating content of value mm. so whether or not your potential or your prospective client ends up purchasing something with you at least you're providing valuable information that will help them on their way i mean i know that's not really like the great way to say something because i'm basically saying that you may or may not get a sale out of this but mm. you're identifying your target yeah. audience you're identifying the possible problems uh, that they have and you're uh, creating content in a way that um, it understands the awareness, right? it's, you're yeah. still in the awareness phase so people are going in and out of, of considering well they haven't got to the consideration one right mm-hmm. but if they didn't know about you then you would never be in the running mm-hmm. so it's important yeah, yeah. totally um, should I use the the fitness analogy for this because yeah. we just use an example so um, in the awareness phase of say a personal trainer so a personal trainer for example they want to you know publicize their services Mm. all their products and so they've identified that their target audience in their awareness cycle is there's somebody who has identified the fact that they need to lose weight um and so you could say this target audience is say me for example female in her early 20s 30s um, but yeah, <laughs> so you can sort of see like we've at the very <laughs> excuse me, um, you can kind of see at the very end of this cycle is the personal trainer and way 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 away we're going to be casting a really really wide net here. It's just somebody who's like they want to look better, they want to feel better, and they feel like like they're already starting to identify their problem. Maybe they don't feel comfortable. Maybe, yeah, they just want to look better so they can, you know, feel great when they're wearing new clothes or something like that. So that's, you know, what kind of content would you actually be creating to kind of encourage that person to eventually find their way to you? So it's kind of interesting because in this particular strategy, I actually created content for the website for Facebook and for Instagram because that's the key areas which we identified that their particular target audience would be looking. Um, But that's not to say that you can't create that specific content on any other social media network. And in my 
humble opinion, I would just like go all out and do like every single like platform that you think that mm. your target audience would be on. But in this case, it's someone who's, you know, um, they're restricted by budget. So we need to limit the amount of um, platforms that we use. So um, for awareness in that particular phase, you would be creating content that would be um, expert content, educational content and editorial content. So the expert content would be the whole like, we're the authority mm. on this particular matter. So, um, uh, like, yeah, a meal prep guide or, um, yeah, meal prep guide would be really good because it would be, like, the best way to be able to transport your food, make sure that you're eating the correct portions, make sure that you're eating the right kind of food and, like, <coughs> how you would split that up during the day and how meal prep would actually assist you in losing weight. So it's something that would kind of... Um, yeah be the expert content the educational content is like about you know the fundamentals of trying to lose weight so um the types of carbs that would be really good to lose weight and the carbs that you would avoid if you wanted to lose weight is as an example so this is like the more educational sure. stuff then the editorial content is the more fun and like casts a much wider net so that's like you know instagram would be a really great platform to use that so it'd be shots of you know active wear or you could do a collection of active wear like it's summer what kind of active wear is really good for summer and if you're running or you want to do like swimming and these are some cute bathers and things like that so that's the really broad kind of type of content that you would be creating what are you guys yeah what are your thoughts and I mean obviously that could be rolled out on different platforms as well but it's just kind of an example of the the kind of commitment (laughs) that you have to make when it comes to like creating content for you know, it can't just be about contact me That's straight right. away. That's right. I mean, you know, the biocycle doesn't just apply to content. It can apply to just sort of advertising. And I guess you'd, you'd yeah. say awareness is, is a branding ad. Mm-hmm. Um, and that always gets a bad rap because no one likes spending money on brand, brand advertising. That's true. Yeah, you they really don't. They're I really mean, not. that's in my experience as well. Yeah. Is that in your experience too, that people are a bit afraid of, not afraid, but mm. that it's not ideal to spend money on brand advertising? Well, that would be like a like campaign in, in Facebook advertising sense. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, just a little bit about us, you know, like our page, that sort of thing, as opposed to retail campaign. As long as it, if it's not directly affecting the bottom line, yeah. like if it's not going to be growing sales immediately, mm-hmm. yeah, there's definitely some reservation in terms of spending money on it. Mm, yeah. um, but getting in straight in there with the content and providing the value up front is, is great, a great alternative to that. Yeah, I kind of, it's, it's hard because it's, it's, there's no one right way mm of doing things it's just like the better that you understand your target audience um and the better you understand the problems that they have and you know what one of the things i found really interesting when doing this particular strategy was even looking on facebook um the target stuff because like you can actually see the pages that they like and you start beginning and then you look at the actual content on those pages that they like your specific age group demographic whatever it is and you actually begin to understand the type of content that they like, the type of content that mm. they're looking for. And that's just specific to Facebook. So, you know, pay attention to that. But I found that to be quite mm. helpful as well. And you start to see, like, a lot of um, common factors between them. Cool. So, does anyone... Mm. Yeah, I'm just still thinking that it's, it'd be great to get, um, you know, actual information from people as well. So, if, if, you, yeah. if you have, like, an inquiry form on your website, ask them, like, how did you hear about us? That sort of thing. You still finding out what was the most effective uh, medium that you, you ran out mm-hmm. of a bunch of different experiments. Yeah. Yep. Thumbs, <laughs> Thumbs up. up from Josh. I Thumbs love... Up. I was like, I was going to be like, 
thumbs up on the awkward silence, but I it didn't feel that awkward that time. <laughs> it felt like comfortable. It was like a comfortable silence. Um, okay, and the next stage is the consideration. So mind you guys, again, this is just what I go through mm. with my clients to keep things nice and simple. Um, but yeah, consideration is once the target audience, they've clearly defined and given name to their problem or opportunity. So in this case, say the example would be someone's decided that they need to lose weight and they're going to do it with mainly diet and maybe weightlifting or weight training or let's say hit or something like that. Um, and then they're committed to researching and understanding all the available approaches and methods to solving their problems. So for me, when I was mm. looking for my smartwatch, mm. I was like, I think I know which one it is that I want, but now I'm going to go watch hundreds of hours of like, YouTube videos and unboxings like I love unboxings but at the same time they're mm. really quite tedious um, <laughs> and then like the content type here is comparison content which mm. I find really helpful um, expert guides case studies and videos which is these are again just examples because um, this is where like the social proof kind of plays into yeah. consideration is Four really awesome I the smartwatch thing like if I could actually see it on people's wrists, I can't tell you how many videos I was watching where people would like get out of the box and they'd like go like this with it. If you guys can't see me, I'm like moving a watch from side to side, just pretend I am. Um, and then they would be like, this watch is, you know, X, Y, Z. And then they wouldn't put it on and I'd be sitting there going, just put it on because I want to see it on your wrist. Smart watches look yeah. a little bit weird. Let me just, let me just say, <laughs> just wanted to get that out there, guys. Um, I said it to one of our clients yesterday who wore a smart watch. Who wore it? Okay, don't name names. No. Oh, yeah. yeah. It looked yeah. good because he was able to check all his incoming calls as well. It didn't. So it was like, was it yep, an Apple I'm going to ignore that. Because yep. I find Apple, anyway. <laughs> I find Apple smartwatches, yeah. Let me just quickly say. They're annoying because they tell you to stand up and breathe. They do. Yeah, yeah they do. My dad wants one. But it's weird because this is my gripe with smartwatches, right? And this is a big thing that influenced me in a lot of my shopping was that uh, smartwatches that try and look like real watches, there's mm. a possible disconnect there. And it seems to be a little bit more controversial than, say, the Apple Watch because people are very used to what an Apple Watch is. Like, okay. an Apple Watch is a smartwatch, so people are really happy with the design. Um, and I myself found like, okay, uh, Apple smartwatch would be more acceptable than like, yeah, an Armani watch that looks like a normal watch, mm. which is why I really wanted to see it on people's wrists mm. because I already know what an Apple watch looks like on people's wrists and how it works. But yeah, I, anyway, I'm fine now. I just wanted to get that out. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, for consideration for say personal trainer or fitness, for example. Um, so you would create possible, this is just the possible content that you create. I'm not really going to get into like Facebook ads or anything like that. Just, just content, for example, um, that you would create exercise plans, uh, and meal plans. So you would be kind of, it's that, um, expert content again, like what kind of food you'd be creating. Um, and then it could even be partnered with your original content, which would be like, um, learn how to meal prep. And these are the kinds of things that you need to think about when you're meal prepping, um, particular exercise plans that could, um, actually suit with what it is that, how it is that people want to be losing weight tips for nutrition and, and exercise um, diet myths debunked. So again, you're kind of in this phase where like people are considering, like they're trying to figure out, they've already decided they need to lose weight or whatever it is. And they're still trying to just like, they're a little bit more educated and they're just trying to define like, what diet should I be? Is it paleo? Is it keto? Like this could go on forever. 
and how to's. Cool. Yeah, I mean, just like examples there. Seems pretty good. And so after consideration is decision? Decision. So yeah, I mean, that's like more the purchase. So it, it kind of can lead into, so in the consideration set where we've got like the case studies, for example. So mm. people, and this is where like, if you're a personal trainer or you're a gym or whatever, and you would have like before and afters photos, I'm finding personally that videos um, are really good. So um, it doesn't necessarily have to be before and after. It can be a video of someone who's already kind of like reached their goal. And they're actually talking about like, they're not talking about how it is that I've achieved my goal. They're actually talking about why it is that I wanted to lose weight. Like everyone has a story, right? Yeah. Like of why they want to lose weight. It's either health, it's this or that. It's to and look good naked. It's to look good yeah, naked, yeah. which is fine. Like if you want to look good naked, like you do you, do you, Boo-boo. you do you, boo-boo. something. <laughs> which is like what's happening over here. Um, but yeah, I find that it could even be that kind of content because it really connects with people mm. who are in maybe the awareness stage or the consideration stage. And yeah. they're just like trying to still decide what it is that's right for them. So even just like say your clients as mm. a personal mm-hmm. trainer sharing the story, like, you know, this is my reason why this is maybe some of the hardships that I had to, you know, go through. Um, these are my results and I couldn't have done it without my awesome personal trainer. <laughs> I'm yeah. cool now. So I feel like consideration kind of ramps up into decision. It's like, that's when you have totally. to hit, hit people hard with, you know, your point of differences and yeah. And, and social proof. And Cause now thing. you've got yeah. like a collection of yeah. things to decide, you know, cause a lot of purchases are spontaneous, right? They're like, well, they're all emotive, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Like everything 100%. 100%. You can give everyone a, a breakdown, a spreadsheet breakdown, detailed yeah. with graphs and tables, etc. But at the end of the day, it's all it's all, all emotive. Yeah. Someone totally. just goes with product A and then they find all the other reasons logically yeah. to support that decision. Mm. But it's, there's never a logical line, um, decision. And it's never know. linear. Yeah. Never. Like I always find it's like, you know, up and down, back and forth, try different solutions, maybe then eventually. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like kind of why things like this are really important as well. Um, Yeah. It's going to lean, lead into where, where we see the opportunities for businesses as far as creating content that can be used at every stage mm. rather than just this is the content that just is, yeah. serves the purpose of awareness yeah. It's, yeah there's a lot of overlapping which I think is really really helpful as well because yeah people like you said people have different motives you can't always map to mm. people are different and so yeah as long as you're kind of like it's just really a guide to be able to kind of assist you in creating that content that could um, yeah help people click check out on your website yeah I'm, I'm reminded of um, Diamond Dallas Page when he were Oh, DDP, from, yeah, yeah, uh, from WWE. He did. He, w- w- he, he went to WWE though, right? For a bit. I don't know if he was still in there. My friend Tall, I will yeah. be able to tell me. I'll ask him later. Um, <laughs> but yeah, when he started Diamond uh, DDP Yoga, um, so there was a viral video that went out, and it was a um, it was a man who injured his, I think either his legs or his back because he was a paratrooper and he also served in Korea. But he had a number of health issues. Um, he was significantly overweight, using canes and crutches. But yeah, as as the video progresses, you see his own progress. Mm-hmm. So a video like that will serve really well at the awareness consideration, and even for for I guess the that program, which is the the DDP Yoga program, um, it'll serve a perfect as a, a perfect reminder for those that buy the product and then go through that say. 10 to 24 month process mm. um, just to remember oh cool as I'm going through this 
what is my end goal and then they can watch the before and after so I think that's a really good tip for even those in the service industry uh, so if you're an yeah. accountant with a, a business as one of your clients one of the important things will be to not only do case studies for those at the awareness stage but also case studies for those that are at the decision or the um, retention stage mm-hmm. because you want to progress them into like I mentioned at the start that last one of advocacy them raving about your brand them yeah. providing referrals for you etc mm-hmm. and yeah so you constantly constantly need to remind people about what the benefits are of the service what mm-hmm. you're getting here versus the other places so yeah the advocacy thing is so important like for example like just with my gym I broke up with my gym for a little while, but now I'm going back. And it's because, so what the value that I got out of my gym was the community aspect of it. So it's nothing that they sold to me particularly, but it's the fact that it kind of is in a way because the gym I went to, it was like, you only do maximum 10 people at a time and per hour, there's accountability things. You have to book in your time to go. So if you cancel and you message your coach and you're like, I'm canceling. And they're like, no, (laughs) you can't. Um, but then like you go there and because there's only 10 of you, you talk and you start making friends. And so I've got so many friends now and that's like, that's the biggest value to me. So it's like finding the value yeah. And, and you know what? It's funny because a lot of people have said that about that gym and that's actually now something that they're advertising is like, it's not just mm. a gym, it's like a community and like the fact that you have a, now a whole lot of friends and you're kind of like accountable to your friends. Yeah. You don't want to let your friends down by not rocking mm. up. And but the, also the thing is, is you make the time to go and see your friends and while you're there, you might as well work out. So yeah. It's yeah, pretty cool. It's cool. Like, it's awesome. Um, but, yeah, so for this particular strategy, I combined decision and repeat customers because, like I said, it was really about winning, like, yeah, presenting my winning argument to the client and kind of getting them on board with <laughs> kind of understanding the importance of this. And so that's why I kind of slowed down a little bit towards the end, um, which doesn't necessarily mean that... She lost steam. <sighs> my client just... <laughs> But yeah, it's a lot. Oh, consideration the decision. It's a lot to take in, especially like yeah. now in you know 2017 world, Lots. man. You got to be writing so much content. It's never ending. It takes up it takes up a lot of time. Yeah. But it's super hard for gotta, a business owner, right? It's so. I mean, if you're oh, yeah. the business owner yeah. and you're the one actually doing, like, if you're a personal trainer, for example, it takes up so much time. Like, who needs sleep? Yeah. Basically. Ain't got no time for content marketing. Ain't got no time for content marketing. I watched Real Housewives of Dallas last night. Anyway. We're not um, talking about Real Housewives of Dallas. <laughs> so, yes, they've... De- we'll talk about it later. They're, they've defined their solution strategy or method. Um, they're researching supporting documentation, data, benchmarks to make the final decision. And the content types in this area are case studies. So, again, you can see that overlap there. Um, testimonials, reviews, comparisons, before and after. So, yeah, I mean, again, is that, yeah, the, the overlap for sure. But particularly with this area, it's like people have already decided, like, now I kind of know what I want to do and now I want to see how I fit into this particular solution. So is there case studies that are similar to mine so I can kind of see, like, maybe what my progress would be like? Is there, yeah, the reviews is a really good one as well, actually, because mm. that's quite quite targeted peer reviews um but in terms of getting repeat customers like particularly with the personal trainer again like it really comes down to the type of offers that maybe you want to offer so whether it's every now and then um you know mailing through a coupon or a free 
you know, nutrition session or, um, you know, bring a friend or something like that. It's free for the friend, like these kinds of things um, when we really get into offers. But yeah, that was just kind of like an example for decision. Yeah, but I think it's cool. Yeah, so for this personal trainer, for example, we put down information regarding <coughs> because now this is when we really get into like their services, so the information mm. about their services. So if this personal trainer specifically did strength training um, and specifically focused on low carb, high fat diets, then we're creating content for those products specifically um, because that that is what yeah the products and services actually are and then you would probably create content about you know so you've got a case study for someone who's done like the strength training like say if it's a 12-week transformation or mm. something like that because that's actually a service that say this personal trainer would offer then you would have before and afters and the whole journey and this is where videos could come in and all that kind of stuff so it's just yeah that's really really quick because we try to cram it <laughs> into this um episode today but yeah it's just kind of like giving you um an, a bit of a more of a deeper understanding as to yeah the bio cycle and the content that can be created for it yeah rich i saw that you've got a couple points over there as well we've said them all i mean <clears throat> did uh, we cover them pretty well or is anything else retargeting there? that got missed i mean that's uh i that's guess awesome. building up the consideration set like someone's already obviously been to your website oh, so yeah. uh you just keep keep top of mind i guess while they're in that maybe one month period where they're deliberating following around the internet we don't know I'm really cold right now I was trying to reach for my blazer and I was yeah. listening and by the way Rich did an awesome mind map oh, I love he always mind does maps. mind maps do mind they're maps. pretty amazing I, I love them didn't need to refer to it this time um, just because I talked the entire time no it's good retargeting um, and remarketing yeah that, that is beneficial just to keep the brand top of mind as people mm. keep on mm. digging for more information mm. so. but you can't be look at the end of the day the, the content um, will win out over an ad yeah. that makes sense so but it, a lot of content really isn't really I mean I, I'm we started off talking about um, choosing a car you know there's only a handful of sources of the internet where like 95% of the information um, can be found so if you're looking on car reviews um, a lot of it might be out of your control so what do you do mm. do you just link to it from your own social media account like mm. I don't know there are there is sort of interesting points to consider not sure it makes for an Good exciting question. time for any business. Mm. So, yeah, the best the best route is always going to be to go back to what you, your prospect wants, mm. right, or to your existing client wants. So, yeah, in terms of like external platforms, you have no control on yeah. how how you use them or whether you use them. Yeah, I mean, we see that in the building space. A lot of a lot of companies in WA, if not Australia as a whole, rely on product reviews. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, so where that sits in the that um, that customer journey. Um, it's kind of yeah, it can continue to be wherever it's going to be yeah. but the the focus for I guess us if we're working with a brand would always be to recognise that sure there's one standalone platform but how can we also provide a number of other platforms um, where we can control the content so you know the likes of LinkedIn if you're B2B um, Instagram, Facebook, Medium any number of those but um, yeah cool well we're the day Cool. Yeah, look, there's so much more it's that we freezing. could cover. It is really cool. But yeah, there's so much more we could cover in this episode, but like we just wanted to really kind of push the fact that, yeah, there are some, <laughs> quite a bit of content that you can create, um, mm. yeah, for the bio cycle. But anyway, 
Um, the show notes should have a lot more information. Guys, next week we are taking a break. Um, but we will break. be back. We're taking a break, but we will be back the following week. And also, I just want to close out this episode with something really, really important. What are you dressing up as for Halloween? And if you're not going to a party, which is totally cool, I, I get it. Yeah. What would you guys dress up as? My daughter's dressing up as number three. What's number three? The clown. Oh, the clown. The scary clown. Is she going to be it? She's going to be Pennywise. Oh, yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. She's going to kill it. That's crazy. And what's her dad going to be? I haven't got that far. I might go as Gordon <laughs> Freeman. It's so good. If you just said Half-Life at the beginning, I'd be like, I know who you're talking about. I'm going to take my crowbar. I have- and escort my kids around my dangerous neighbourhood. <laughs> you know, I'm just trick or treating, and I'm. You need one of your kids to be one of the aliens. Yeah. <laughs> what about You've yourself? You've got a dog. What is about yourself? Yeah, yeah, she'd be right out of there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can have her with like just stick like just octopus cool. toy at the back of her head or something like that. Yeah. Unicorn dog, uni dog, like uni kitty. Why not? All right. And your favorite horror movie? What's your favorite scary movie? That's a hard one. Okay, I'll come back to you. Josh. I don't have scary movies. I don't like scary movies. You don't like scary movies. That's cool. No. I did like it. You didn't like it. I liked it. I thought it was okay. Like, I I think I was talking to you about it and I was Mm -hmm. like, it's not too bad. I I don't mind it now. I'm more about it. Josh? I'm not dressing up as anything, but... No, but I do know that my wife would like to have an opportunity to dress up as Game of Thrones characters. Just all of them? Well, at the same time. Any of them. Any of them. Just a thousand costumes all on the one person. But, so, it'll be one of those characters, I'm sure. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's probably what we do. Cool, cool, cool. I don't think I can mention my favourite horror movie here. I don't think it's... But you're... No, I don't think it's your favourite scary movie. No. I, I disagree. Yeah, is it Lion King? <laughs> Bambi. Is that like your limit? Is that, is that as scary as you get? Wow. Oh, my, Lion King. All right. My favourite scary movie is Clueless. I love that movie. Um, and I probably will be wearing the same costume. I feel like when you get one costume, you just kind of like keep repeating it and maybe put it like a bit more fake blood on it. Yeah. So I'm going to be a nun this year. Again. So yeah. You got to watch that movie. You got to watch. I will I, will. I will. Yeah. I will. I will. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for watching and thanks, listening guys. to us guys um, if you have any questions at all you can email us podcast at bam.com.au or you can tweet us at bam creative thanks. I like the ring <laughs> the, uh, the American remake that was pretty good oh well with Naomi Watts it was pretty good yeah it was alright it was alright right. paranormal activity was alright yeah. no this one's I really good. Like it was better than Blair Witch oh hands down <laughs> the original or remake the original no oh, I, I actually haven't watched the remake I can't believe they remade Blair Witch I didn't even know about that they remade Blair Witch for whatever reason. I don't know. Does it have Dwayne Johnson in it? I don't oh, know. Who's should, Dwayne Johnson? He's in all the remakes. Yeah. The Rock. No, that's who I thought, but WWE. I only know him by The Rock. That crossed my mind. Was WWF renamed to WWE because there was a worldwide yes. foundation that was Yeah, Worldwide Animal Fund or whatever. Yeah, right. Worldwide, yeah, something. Yeah. Wildlife. World Wrestling Fund. World Wildlife. Wrestling Foundation. Worldwide Wrestling Federation thing. Yeah. Federation, anyway. that's right. Anyway, thanks, thanks <laughs> guys for listening watching. Bye. See ya. See ya.